just a heads up before we start in this episode, we talk a little bit about self-harm. So if that's something that hits a little too close to home, go ahead and skip this episode and make sure you're taking care of yourself. There is always the crisis text line at 741741. You just text HOME, H-O-M-E, to that number and somebody will text you back. Or now you can just call 988 here in the United States. And that will also get you in touch with somebody to talk to and hopefully help you out because you are worthy. So please take care of yourself. And now let the show begin. The following is brought to you with no commercial interruptions. Listen now. Did you have have you done a a programmed? Uh... Yeah, we just did. Uh, we just did Casper Baby Pants. What the what? Which is uh, Chris from the Presidency of the United States of America mm-hmm. did for the last like God twelve or fifteen years. He's been doing uh, kids music, huh? And my kids like love it, so I suggested it, and then he found a guy who's like a big Presidents fan. So we uh, we went through that one, huh? It'll be fun. How much stuff is uh, how they put out? Oh God, he did like, there's like 20 albums of it. Oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so I just went through and like handpicked a playlist of like 50 or 60 songs. Uh-huh. And I've been editing the Crazy Mary Evolution episode. Things can end up being like two hours long. <laughs> well, it depends on, you know, how, how many audio clips you're going to put in. It's like, okay, there needs here's... to be a lot, man. There's... Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's like, here's yeah. this solo and then this solo and then this solo. And then here's a uh, boo. Yeah. So like after we finish, I got to go back to doing that. Try to finish it tonight. <laughs> Have you ever, I'm looking at this cause I was curious to see, cause I thought I remembered that they had recorded this from no code, but I like, wasn't sure this. Have you, you've been to this Italian Pearl Jam online site. Yeah. They have the, all the recording sessions for the albums and like every song they recorded. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. Like I, you know, you're looking at this, like, man, how do they, how do they, a, know? How do they know this? Mm-hmm. B, where can I get my hands on some of these songs? <laughs> like they recorded. Yeah. They recorded something for no code called 23 street chorus, the needle. They recorded parting ways for no code. Luke in two, something called Tommy who, and then for Yield, something called Bulldozer, Leatherman 2, something called Small Mosquito, Sweet Lou was recorded for Yield, mm-hmm. Thin Air was recorded for Yield. Like, yeah, it's just super interesting to just go through and like look at all this. Something that nobody ever really talks about. Like Riot Act, something called April Bear, mm-hmm. Faster, Had Enough, Islands, Levels, Searchlight. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of that could just be you know little instrumental things that yeah. you're just kind of yeah, fooling around with, like you know, like a fold back harmony, mm-hmm. thunderclap, mm-hmm. or just like okay, here's a little bit of a instrumental sort of jam thing, and then it gets turned into you know, oh, here's a yeah. listen back to that. It's like oh, hey, let's uh let's take this uh, main riff and then uh, let's add something else to it, and then we'll yeah. get that. And like, I wonder, like you know. You look at titles, like you know that some of these turned into other things, but like I know some of these did yeah, not. A fabled Leatherman too. Oh yeah, someday we'll get it. Someday <laughs> we'll get it when that ninety six to ninety eight box set comes out. Oh, fingers crossed. 
Yeah, supposedly you read it. You read that little blurb about it, right? So we, I think we talked about it on the episode. It's like supposedly a really like dark song, and like, yeah, I want to hear that. What is like the Leatherman too? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. He talked about it in an interview one time. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I saw something, but didn't really like. I don't think he talked about it much. I think there was it was like a um in a um in a rumor pit or something like that. The same as yeah. like, oh yeah, we have a a second part to Leatherman. Maybe yeah yeah. It was like, oh, no one will ever hear that. Like, it's it's super dark and like, you know, yeah. Oh, well. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 23 of the Better Band Podcast, an all-encompassing trip through every song in the Pearl Jam catalog. I am your host, Brandon Palomo. Each episode, I go track by track with a guest through every album, soundtrack, single, and B-side to discover why you simply can't find a better band. Welcome back to the Better Band Podcast. This is Brandon today talking about Fabled Lost Dog, hard to imagine with Fabled guest, John Farrar. Hello, John. (laughs) Do I exist? Am I just a fable? That's quite an introduction. Thank, thank you, Brandon. Thank you for having Would me back. Mythical have been it. better. Mythical, it, it's a little bit in the same vein, but it also maybe a little too much for me. Okay, don't want to compare. Be compared to Sasquatch or uh, right. the Loch Ness monster. Right. Well, but that's that's and that's not crypt. It's not cryptid. It's just mythical. So there you go. Okay, I'm I'm perfectly happy just being right in the middle. I just want to aim for the middle ground. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh yes. This song. Oh, music go. by uh, Stone. Ed wrote the lyrics. Uh first released on the Chicago Cab soundtrack. I had that soundtrack. I I have it too. Oh, August twenty yeah. fifth, nineteen ninety eight. Loose Groove Records. I think that. Uh, Let's see. So sort of the, uh, the 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 legend goes, because I think before this it had been around on bootlegs and stuff that uh, people were making. Yeah. So like it was sort of known before this uh, mm-hmm. the soundtrack came out. Yes, it was. And uh, did you have you seen the movie Chicago Cab or Hell Cab? Uh, uh, no. I I felt like I probably don't need to see this movie. <laughs> I have seen it. And are you better off having seen it? I only remember one scene where I think John Cusack is the the lead in this movie. Mm-hmm. And he's he's in like he's standing in like an alley or something. And he looks like off in the distance and he's like smoking a cigarette. And it's like dark and like there's like street lights and stuff. It's kind of orange and black lighting. And he just looks out and... Then he gets back in the cab and like keeps on trying. But it's it's basically the story of just him like picking up strange people in his cab and like crazy things happen. It's not a bad movie. Also, also uh, it looks like Gillian Anderson, John C. Riley, okay, Lori Metcalf, yeah. Julianne Moore, super indie. Yeah. So there's your uh, there's your movie review for for this week. <laughs> But I think the Pearl Jam song is in the movie too. I think they actually use it in the movie. Okay, yeah. On the on the soundtrack, uh, they had uh, "Who You Are" as well, and yeah. uh, got got yeah. a hovercraft song, "Supergrass," "Sparkle Horse." Well, you know, Cusack, I think, is a big Pearl Jam fan, so yeah, um, Brad probably had something to do with that. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it was it was on Loose Groove Records too, so that's Stone. I True. think that's probably why. Yep. Yep. I think ultimately, I think that's why Hard to Imagine is on it because Stone wrote the song, and so he's kind of like, ah, you know what? I am putting out this uh, soundtrack. Might as well, uh, you know, put this song on it too, since uh, you know it hasn't been put out. And hey, guys. And they used what they used the Vitalogy demo version, right? Mm-hmm. For that one, yeah. And then they they for Lost Dogs they went back to the versus, versus version. version, yeah. And we still don't have the no code version. They they recorded it for no code as well, but we still have never heard that one. Yeah, guessing it's not radically different, but still, I'd be interested to hear like Jack playing on it. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I think it's it's pretty much mostly lyrical differences. Mm-hmm. In it, uh, he says 40 shades of gray. Then, you know, it's like, okay, it's a yep. Chicago yeah. cab, Vitology version. It says only gray. Then, you know, it's a yep. lost The infamous dogs. 40 shades versus using only. Yep. Yeah. Paint a picture. 40 shades of gray. Paint a picture. Prison. And uh, what a uh, cup, cup and curse these arms, mm-hmm. I think, as opposed to uh, counting days on his arms yep. or something. Yeah. From tradition, say from harm, way to live in compass, curse these arms, tear into yourself. Lots of there's lots of stuff to going on this uh, to, to to talk about. This, this is song. such a good song too. Like this is probably in my top ten or top fifteen of Pearl Jam songs. Mm-hmm. It's so weird in a way. It's like unlike anything they had ever done up to that point. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that kind of hurt it when it came to like sequencing those records and then being like, well, this really only fits as like a closing track or an opening track and they already had stuff that they liked better, you know, obviously indifference and immortality and slash, you know, stupid mop. Hard to imagine is not going to fit in that, but God, you wish it had just made it onto one of those records. It would have been just a classic even more than it already is. If you're listening to this and, 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 and you haven't listened to the, uh, live on four legs evolution episode that oh, they did right. oh, for yeah. this, Thank uh, you for that. yeah, we were last on that year. I'm yep. pretty I'm pretty much ripping that off. So uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well good cuz I did not go back and listen to it before this so I'm kind of good going off of memory a little bit. <laughs> well uh uh you guys uh talked a lot about uh since it's an evolution episode um sort of the the seeds of this song that were sort of sprinkled around. Yeah, it's one of the it's I think it's the only song where you get to see the complete like you get to see the genesis of it and then just kind of listen to it grow show by show. Like we kind of think we, you know, it started off as just this little riff that Stone would do in between songs, like on that 92 Lollapalooza tour. And then as they get going, like you see like, oh, this is the one where he he came up with that next riff to it and like played that. And then this is the one where Ed starts singing lyrics to it. And this is the one where they put kind of those things together. And like it really just came together live on stage which hardly 
I don't think I can't think of any other time that that's happened. Yeah, it's like uh, starting. It looks like August seventh in ninety two. Uh, between songs, yep. Stone just starts playing. But the, there were uh, there were more. I think yeah, there were there were some before that too. I think that's he counts the first one like with lyrics. But I'm pretty sure there were little teases and stuff happening earlier in the summer as well. Like it's almost like you can like by the date you can see like when Stone came up with the riff and when this happened. Like yeah, it's it's just. Who knew that like this little thing would would turn into this like incredible classic, you know, song for them. Yeah, cuz yeah, it's it's I mean it's it's sort of was like one any on one of their, you know, improv things where somebody will just start playing something and then yep. Ed will mumble some lyrics ish sort of things and uh yep. you know, then I guess Stone liked the riff cuz he kept on playing it and playing it. Uh looks like on August 20th he came up with the um yeah, at that the, the uh, what is that the uh, sort of pre-chorus chorus riff, the little uh, sort of descending yep. arpeggio, and then forgot about it or mm-hmm. <laughs> just kept kept going back to the uh, to the main riff. Yeah, like I think we talked about it too. They so the, that all builds up to the last show of '92 that tour at Honolulu, where they sing it with, and it's got completely different lyrics. And then they come back to it at the Slims show in May of 93 and they play it.
And then they go back to just like teasing it the rest of the year. They don't stick with it in 93. Like it, since obviously it didn't make the cut for verses, they didn't feel like maybe they just, oh, that's just a thing that'll be forgotten. Like we don't need to go back to that. But a couple of times later that year, they just went back to just playing the riff of it without the voice. It like regressed. And then in 94, then it comes back a couple of times. Especially, you know, that Orpheum show in Boston where the, the infamous show where the roadies made the set list. Mm-hmm. They, like, obviously pulled out all the crazy rare stuff. You know, that's a Dirty Frank show and all the stuff that, that people want out of that. But then it just disappeared for four years. Yeah, on the, um, what is that, uh, August? Yeah, right around August? the time that the soundtrack was released. Yeah, so yeah, and, and then, uh, yeah, let's get uh, back, back go, going back to 92, mm-hmm. like, um, there's the, uh, the little... Uh, run they had in Irvine uh Stone kind of gets the uh it's like oh I want to go up and the last part of the of the uh of the verse riff and then doesn't go anywhere with it it's kind of like okay right. a little bit closer a little bit closer and then yeah they were saying like the the Honolulu show in 92 I th- that it just seems like Ed's trying to do something and Stone is just playing the riff over and over again mm-hmm. and like you guys mm-hmm. yeah you guys sort of like kind of agreed that like s- the slim show in 93 where they bust out all the uh all the verses uh debuts as you know that's that's real lyrics that's like they actually worked you know stone finished the song yeah, it's not it's still yeah. not fully fleshed out yeah yeah that's that's really the debut yeah they had worked on it in between over the winter 92 spring and 93 and like okay now we've now we've got something with this it all came together yeah, we're going to record it. It's maybe going to be on the record, you know, let's see how it works. And I don't know if they just didn't feel it from the audience there just because it's kind of like a slower burn sort of a song. And yeah, and then 94, mm-hmm. like you said, like the Orpheum, it kind of comes back t- twice more. And I think it's kind of like, hey, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's going to be on Vitology this time. So we got it. We really we're going to do it this time. Let's start. uh yeah, let's start promise, teasing guys, it. Promise. Uh, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, and then '98, it's like, oh, it's gonna be on the Chicago Cab soundtrack. It's gonna, you know, people are gonna pay attention to it this time. It's gonna be, it's really gonna happen. It's okay. No, 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 not really. People don't. People didn't buy the soundtrack. So, but people, but people love the song though. Like it's always been one of those like fan favorite. If if you ever see an article that's like. Oh, the top 10 Die hard, deep yeah. cut project songs anybody knows. Yeah, like always hard to imagine is on there. And it's it just doesn't it's it's just such a separate thing. Like he came up with that riff like nineteen ninety-two. Like it's so different from anything on ten, even versus like it would have been just an outlier. But it's so like the way they put it together is so just genius. Like when that because of course it's got that little sneaky riff that Stone came up with. But when it changes, there's that that moment when it when it hits 
and that's just one of the best like that's one of the best moments in their recorded history mm-hmm. i think it's up there with like your blacks and like release and corduroy and all the like rearview mirror all those this is right there like when that change hits like oh it just it feels so like it resolves itself it feels so good every time it's a very sort of in their epic cathartic vein oh, yeah. of sort of songs the sort like a kind of, of present yeah. tense-esque except you know that the end doesn't sort of reach the same sort of frantic frenetic peak that it does but it is very sort of ed screaming out you know lyric is so good like it's so simple but it's like it's one of those like universal truths like that's yeah anyone who hears that is going to be able to relate to it and be able to attach themselves to it somehow it's just a genius simple lyric but we we, we can't skip over we got to talk about this this barcelona sound check oh yeah, from yeah 1996 yeah. where they do the 15 16 minute version of it that is a listen if you, if you yeah yeah because it, it didn't after Lost Dogs came out, it's sort of like more people were kind of like, oh, hey, this song. So like, yeah. Then even, but everybody's then like, yeah, away. we've been trying to tell you this song. It went away. Like it was it was gone from 94 to 98. And then it popped up three times in 98, you know, around the time that the soundtrack movie was released. Yeah. And then it goes away again for like seven more years. It's like, what the hell, man? And then Lost Dogs was 2003. They still didn't even play it in 2003. Yeah, I think it was probably, I don't know. That was the Riot Act tour, right? So. I think it was a lot of stuff came back on that tour, but not this. Yeah. I, I, they just had a lot of songs, you know, <laughs> true, but this is one of the best ones, but oh, that when it comes back at that, that Gord show in 2005 and it's, mm-hmm. it, it finishes that little acoustic preset part. And oh my God, like the, the reaction and like that version is so good. Like in the open air, all the, you know, everything sounds good there, but that version, I think they had gone from, they were sitting down, you know, for most of that. And, for hard to imagine like stone stands up first and like they mike stands up and like they really get into it it's oh it's just a really good like you talk about you know kind of your soaring versions of the song like that one's that one's a highlight yeah if you're trying if you're trying to tap your foot to the song uh you're, you're you're gonna go four four and then six four for that uh sort of chorus part 
And then back to 4-4, four, four, I think, okay. is uh, what we figured yeah. out. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five. Which six, I, th- I yep. think probably lends to why it's maybe not as maybe they don't want to play that as much <laughs> because it's kind of like, oh crap, I got to remember it's like, okay, there's like two extra beats and then, okay, let me start again because I didn't, did it, it's hard. You know, the the one I remember, you know, kind of the of the 2000s being kind of blown away by it was that. You remember watching that AOL session that they did? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember that was, like, it was hard to, I remember, like, trying to sign on to that thing, and, like, it was hard to get into. Like, there was a, I remember there were, like, buffering problems. Like, so many people were trying to get in and watch it. But they do, like, sad and hard to imagine there. And it's so strange to watch even now because they're not, like, aligned in the same order that they are at every other show and every other time you've ever seen them where it's left right it's mike it's jeff it's the drums in the back it's ed and then stone on the right this one it's like mike then stone then ed then jeff then the then matt like all in a semicircle. it's very strange to watch if you're if you're used to like watching live videos of them and like seeing them in concert well i think that's how they set up when they like rehearse and stuff maybe yeah because i mean even in binaural I mean, I think that's why Mike and Stone are flipped in the binaural recordings is because like when they play live or like, you know, rehearsing and stuff like that, and they're all facing each other. That's the way that they're yeah. set up. Yeah. I have to go back and watch single video theory and watch those decisions to see how they, how they set up there. But for a performance, it's so weird that they would like not choose to, I don't know, just it messes with my mind to watch it, but they do hard to imagine. And that I remember being like just a mindfuck, like, oh my God, this they're doing hard to imagine like they're playing it on this like you know big stage here this you know popular aol session thing you're getting this like crazy rare song mm-hmm. and the version's really good like ed's playing guitar i remember just watching that thing just kind of like my mouth just hanging open like oh my god this is amazing and from then on it's it's kind of stuck around a little bit every every year it pops up you know it's it's one of those that like you you'll get it a couple of times a year we didn't get it in 2018 but uh, I'm hoping that uh, when this tour comes back, uh, slash if this tour comes back, I should say, then uh, then it'll pop up a couple more times. Have you ever seen it? I have not seen it. No, I haven't. I haven't gotten yeah, to see yeah. it. I've come close. That Tampa show in, in 2016, that was right before my little run of shows that I did. So I missed it, missed oh. it by one. <laughs> and then they just save it for third man. You're like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah, if I was not invited to the, to the third man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and the, uh, what was it, at Ohana in 2019, the Strokes played it, and Ed came out. And that's, you know, it's a weird choice, but I give credit to the Strokes, and, like, they've, you know, I think they've come out and said, like, hey, you know, Pearl Jam was a big influence on us early on. They're kind of one of their, one of the bands that they look up yeah. to, so that's that's cool that they, they would pick a song like that to do, and I think that's not, it's not a bad version. Like, it's it's a it's a decent listen. They, they, they do it justice, from what I remember. Yeah, it's at least from the the singles from the Strokes. I mean, I, I haven't listened to any of their albums. It's sort of like mm. this was influenced by Pearl Jam. At least I don't get yeah, it. That's but. what they. That's what they said. I like I like that first one a lot. I I had, had never really I haven't really mm-hmm. dug into the other ones, but uh, you know I like I like the first one. Um, let's see. Oh, the guitars harmonizing there at the end with that uh, that slide up riff. <laughs>
I think that adds to sort of the epicness is just sort of like, oh, yeah, very, very good. This is like stone yeah. at it, stone at his peak. Yeah, let's go. That's oh, it. He, got his, he got his fingerprints all over. It. Yeah, yeah, literally, because it's a bunch of hammer on and pull offs. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, let's let's let's. Oh man, let's get into the lyrics. Like, oh yeah. man, there's two there's two sets here. Not very. Oh, much, let's though. pull them up. Not very much to it. No, no. Yeah, it's it's very. Yeah, very sort of sparse. I don't know if it's I don't know, it doesn't really lend itself. I think at least just the uh the structure of the song to have much in it. It's sort of like the verse is like three lines, and then you say hard to imagine a lot, and then you know, things are different then all is different now. I give Ed credit for not making it too busy because he does that and like he'll he'll do that now, like the gigaton stuff and and a lot of the the stuff that's on Earthling is very wordy and very crammed full of lyrics, and that's a new thing that he's fallen into doing. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to be like that, and I don't know what that is, like where that, why that change happened, or what caused it. But this song, like, definitely benefits from having less words because the music is so good that it just needs to breathe, like that riff needs to breathe, and like that change needs to just hit before the lyrics come in and yeah it's it's very very well crafted by by ed to to like to fit that melody around this song because like i said six fours is a little strange you know it's not like a seven four or a, one of those crazy ones but it still can throw you off a little bit and to show some and he used to be very good at showing restraint yeah when it came to words and saying more with less and this is a very good example of that so what do you think this song is about? Well, uh, going going back to lyrics and sort of the uh, the brevity of uh, what he used to have, I think it's probably because mm-hmm. of the amount of time that they spent on each record. You know, they had a record coming out like every other year, and yeah. you know, so it's sort of like you know, you didn't have as much time to write a song and so it's probably like okay. okay let me just write this down real quick and especially if he's had a you know writer's block in some of those periods and stuff like that too they were on the road so much too yeah it's sort of like ah let me just do this and okay and then you know you have the years between lightning bolt and gigaton sure. it's sort of you know he's had more time to be able to write stuff and it's like oh let me put this in there it's like oh you know i really like this let me put this in this song too and i i think it's just he's had more time to write and so th- there's more opportunity for him to to cram the words in there than it's sort of like, ah, oh, you know, we're putting a record out in a couple months, so we need to wrap this up. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, so let's see. Lyrics. Um, yes, there's the uh, 40 Shades of Grey uh, versus uh, Only Grey. Which has not aged well, thanks to that stupid movie in those books. Well, that was 50 Shades of Grey. Still. I'm glad they I'm glad they've they've stuck with the using on the grid version. <laughs> do the oh, do you think that uh what's her name? E.L. James is a uh, fan of Pearl Jam. So she's like, Could Oh, be. hey, let me link the I'll just save it fifty shades of gray. Is, wasn't that like Twilight fan fiction or something? Who even, yes, it was. Yeah. Knows? It started out that way and then Yeah, it's just dumb. And yeah, right. do you do you know why the why uh why fifty shades of gray is like sort of like the the title? No, and, and the, I I I heard this and I was like, oh man, I wish I was like in a theater where, and like seeing it just so I could say this as like it, I guess in some part of it and you know in the movie in the book or something like that he says like I'm fifty she you know his name is Gray and uh, 
And so he says, I'm 50 shades of fucked up. Because I'm 50 shades of fucked up. And like, if I was in the theater at that point, I would have like, just like gone, oh, I get it. Uh, (laughs) This has turned into like movie reviews time. We already, this, that's, that's the second one. I was, I was working in bookstores when that book came out. So that's, oh, oh, geez. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. The the other like uh main lyrical difference there is uh you know fuck tradition no one's safe from harm wait a little cup and curse these arms then uh, tear into yourself count days on your arm heartbeat ticking like a bomb the bombs imagery is is interesting because like I, you know reading about this there there are some people who you know put it in it's one of those like kind of anti war songs where it's the story of someone kind of looking back on like some atrocities and some things that have happened in, in their, in their previous mm-hmm. you know, years. And it kind of reminds me maybe like a, like a brother sister song to like a yellow Ledbetter or something where Ledbetter is kind of the story of a, a young guy who's been to war comes back and like he gives the, you know, tries to salute the older couple and they like kind of blow him off and give him the finger or whatever, you know, it's, but he's like, it's this young guy who's who's seen some stuff he probably, you know, wasn't supposed to see yet. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe the the other side of that, where it's the, the, the older person who's seen some things and doesn't want the younger people to to see. I don't know. Maybe there's a, a tie in there. Maybe he was kind of coming up with with those both of those things around the same time. But he's he he'll go back to that. Well, a little bit that kind of like not like blatant like anti-war imagery but he kind of like dances around that through a lot of the 90s and into the early 2000s there's nothing really like that though on verses because i mean those songs i yeah. mean this is yeah. around that time so yeah i mean like maybe dissident is the closest you could get to that yeah dissident was what i was thinking of yeah but not not you know is that is that what you think when you uh get into the song um i don't know I don't know. I'm not fully sold on that. I think I think that's it's very well written, I will say. And I got it's open to interpretation like a lot of his best stuff and early stuff is. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's I think it's more just someone who's just thinking about stuff that that they just can't believe. Like it's oh, it's just hard to imagine. Like I don't even like even you could apply it to like now, like who would have, you know, if you talk to talk to your former self five years ago and be like, this is what, you know, 2020 through 2022 is going to be like, be like, Oh, it's, it's just, it's just hard to imagine. Like, but it's, it's happening. And I think it's, it's more just that it's about kind of like looking back on where you've been and, and where you're going and just thinking like, man, how did I get here? Yeah. I think when like going back and listening to sort of like those, the, the, like the early riff versions or whatever, Ed's trying to write lyrics or something like that to it. You know, he's just trying to come up with stuff and he's, you know, talking a lot about uh, like kids or something like that. Yeah. That showed up a couple of times. Yeah. Kids having a hard time or something. And then looking at sort of the other songs on verses and you have, you know, like daughter and leash and, you know, uh rearview mirror songs sort of like about being young and having to deal with stuff sure. that's sort of at least informed In difference too. like how much difference yeah. does it make like you're you're kind of thinking about you're you know you're kind of in your 20s and you're thinking about like man like how did i get here i was just a kid you know yeah that's that sort of informed like how i looked at the song and you know you have uh gray 
you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, back in the day there was, it was black and white TV, which was, you know, like shades of gray and light your pillow, lay back, watch the flames kind of, you know, there was protests in the sixties and stuff like that. And so, you know, tell a story, no one, you know, you're older, you're trying to tell the kids, yeah, oh, yeah, back in yeah. my day, we did this. And, you know, it's like, yeah, sure. Okay, boomer. And, you know, you don't really, kids don't pay attention to that sort of stuff. The the the, the next verse, you know, um, you know, count days on your arm, you know, I mean, it's sort of like modern day kids have, you know, started self-harm and cutting and stuff like that. You know, fu- you know, even a fuck tradition, no one's yeah. safe from harm. It could be like a, like a footsteps thing too, where yeah. like someone's maybe in in prison or something or looking back on some like some of the bad decisions they made in their life yeah yeah fuck tradition no one's safe from harm it's kind of like you know you set up all these things you know being the older generation that kids are supposed to do but it's not helping us it's not protecting us you're just doing these things because it's quote unquote tradition and it's you know boys are supposed to act this way not that way and women always have to just be in the kitchen and all that sort of stuff and people aren't allowed to change and live because of of what you've set up and heart beating taking like a bomb i mean it's there's violence now in schools like there hasn't been before and now is different than back then for kids and so it's in saying, you know, things are different then, all is different now is sort of like the a conversation that adults are saying to kids, you know, things are different then, all is different now. It's kind of like, oh, you know, back, oh, it was so much better back then because we had, you know, we, you know, we had the American dream and white picket fences and all this right. sort of stuff. And now everybody wants to be all politically correct and cancel culture and everything. And kids are saying the same thing, you know, things are different then, all is different now. It's like, you know, you, I had to walk t- 12 miles uphill in snow and do all this. And you kids have it easy. You're soft. You don't have a war to whatever. Well, except for. That. What the hell is this? It's one of those campy 70s throwbacks that appeals to Generation Xers. We need another Vietnam to thin out their ranks a little. I even think there's probably even more to it. Like, cause it's, cause that's so like a cyclical kind of generational thing that yeah. everyone says to their the next generation so i think there's part of that in the song too that's like this person is realizing kind of the futility of that yeah they're like yeah. they're it's it's just kind of resigned to like 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 the 40 shades of gray using only gray like there's no hope that anything's going to change we're just kind of stuck in this cycle of you know reliving kind of passing the same things on to the next generation and like kind of maybe at one point you were you were wanting to break out of that but then now you're just doing the same thing that your grandparents said to you you know it's 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 really well written and it's really kind of evocative in in a in a way that he's really good at it's this is this is a one of the best ones i think yeah and then uh not for you you know it's uh um oh, what's the line it's it's uh blah 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 enjoy your youth all that's sacred comes from youth yeah as it's god damn it, it's like what it's like you for you i still uh, oh yeah i still remember why don't you Mm, you know it's and it's sort of you know every it's 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 always hard for everybody you know and unless you're rich and then the biggest thing you have to worry about is if uh you know somebody's gonna steal your uh nfts or something don't don't even start don't even start with that we already talked about 50 shades of gray i'm not we're not talking about that we're not going to ruin this episode for this amazing song <laughs> nah, nah, with all nah, this nah, bullshit nah. yeah i don't know that's just that's just how i sort of yeah i mean it's like i said it's it's i mean and, and if ed was here he would be like yeah man 
whatever whatever you get out of it that that's that's what it is like it's it's for you to interpret and it's for you to to take what you need out of it so yeah that's that that was his hardline stance for a long time until you know he kind of softened up in the later years and we started kind of getting the backstories behind some of these things but yeah this one's this one's still kind of an an enigma like he's never really gone on stage and been like here's what hard to imagine's about yeah it's sort of oh here's a here's a song that uh we either get requested a lot or here's one that we hardly play yep yep but yeah it's us uh, and it's it's a fantastic song it's it might be the best best thing on lost dogs and there's lots of good stuff on there yeah i, I think that if it's because it is real sort of languid in just the the pace of it that it you know it doesn't like I said, with present tense, it doesn't reach like an apex right. of it. And it's right. just sort of like you're just kind of going and going and going. And then it just sort of is it's very level. And then it just sort of like drops off just like at the end. And so it's sort of like, I guess that's a release slash payoff. But it doesn't like feel as a little bit, a little bit because it's that 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 kind of like lead that that's happening at the end like mm-hmm. sometimes when they play it like mike will solo over that and you oh i just i want that to go on forever like that part just keeps kind of that is like they they can do that they can get to that in the song where it really soars and it really kind of takes off where mike like he has a moment like he he could take it and just run with it and do like a black solo type of thing or you know one of those nothing as it seems type of things on this song sort of like that uh that that uh love boat captain right. where it just kind of like ramped yep. up at the end yeah and you're just kind of like oh shoot it's kind of like it transforms yep. it and it's bringing it to another level and kind of like oh wow like i i think that i think that that's probably why this song i don't know if it's blue balls or just <laughs> it's sort of <laughs> I think it's the only time I've said this uh, <laughs> on this podcast, but <laughs> it's just, it, you know, it is, it is, you know, it's good. And it, it it's sort of like, it kind of gets you there, but it doesn't really, you don't feel like, ah, like satisfied afterwards. You're just kind of like, okay, okay. And I, I think that's probably why ultimately 
it's hard to put it would have been hard to put into an album sequence hmm. with it yeah, yeah. Uh, like especially yeah. like you can't put it at the end and i don't know i think it, it like as an album as a uh, as a show opener it's just sort of like it doesn't have you know like what long road or release has Ooh, as far you're, as you're, you're you're going off on your own i don't know if i can get behind this like those those 2008 versions where they where they were opening shows with it all very very good and it builds like you put something like a corduroy after this mm-hmm. or like a last exit after this and you, you know you got something pretty good and i think like especially live the that ending pays off very well and i think the the studio version like versions plural yes it, like it doesn't have like a big you know crescendo like you mentioned but mm-hmm. i think that just makes it's one of those things where like if i hear it once i want to hear it five times if i hear it five times i want to hear it 20 times you know it's i never get sick of the song and that's not the case for all pearl jam songs like i'll go through phases where like yeah like i don't need to hear corduroy for a few weeks like i don't need to hear animal for a, for a few weeks like different ones different times but put on hard to imagine and like i'm in like i i never skip this when it and it comes on and like I just it just hits me every single time. It's just got that quality that it always kind of leaves you wanting more. And I think that's that's a sign of very, very strong songwriting. Yeah, I think it works best as sort of a it's like we got to this has to be a treat. This can't be like this can't turn into a yellow lead better where we, you know, bust it out all the time. This has got to be like something that people Mm. sort of chase. They could play it more. Yeah, they they absolutely could. Yeah, they don't want to you don't want to get it. You don't want to get carried away with it. And and Ed's like that, like he's got that kind of mercurial quality with some of these songs where it's like, no, we're going to we're going to hold that one back. You're, you, mm. you you might want that one, but you're not going to get it right now. You know, we, we talked about that with with Leatherman and like holding it off of Lost Dogs. Be like, no, we're going to we're going to leave that one where it is. And people are going to have to go find it if they want to hear it. And like he's always got that kind of quality to him where it's like he's always got that little smirk, something behind the face. Like, no, I know you you want you're, you're holding out your hand, but I'm not going to give you everything you want. I'm going to make you work yeah. for it. Thanks. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just, we, we know what you're looking for. It's like, hmm, let's play my songs. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is there, is there anything else besides just uh, throwing praise all over Ooh. this, all over this guy? I don't know, man. It's, I think we, we pretty much covered it. This is just, I mean, for the 90th time, this is just a fantastic song and it, I'm, I'm glad we, eventually got to hear and i'm glad it wasn't lost to history yeah oh the um let's see so the uh the versus version i think the uh the lost dogs version is a little bit more has a little bit more atmospheric sort of uh incidental sounds hmm. i think in it too and i think that's the version it has a little bit of piano you can hear in it too right um, could be some brown o'brien on there yeah maybe yeah yeah so then it's good when uh when uh boom busts that out when they're live yeah still up uh, still holding out someday someday we'll get that notebook version with jack <laughs> yes. one of my one of my white whales uh let's see yeah so this we're here at the end john thanks so much for uh for chatting with me about this song i i, I mentioned something about a a, a, a podcast and a evolution episode something like that a pa- patreon what's what's what can you refresh my memory what was i what was i talking about there I, w- I would be happy to thank you. Thank you again, Brandon, for, for letting me come back and talk about these songs. I, I have a lot of fun doing these and it's always, always great to talk to you. Yeah. If people aren't aware, I am uh, one of the uh, hosts of live on four legs, a, uh, a Pearl Jam podcast where we talk about a different live show every week. Uh, we do have a Patreon where 
we will take a song and like break down its complete evolution and history. And uh, like, like Brandon was nice enough to mention, we did that with Hard to Imagine last year. Um, so if you want to hear me, you know, wax poetic and rant and ramble about this song for another hour, then you can go <laughs> find our Patreon and uh, and find that there. But yeah, live on four legs.com, live on four legs uh, on any of your, you know, local podcast provider. Yeah, you pretty much had all the research already done. So you're like, hey, let me do uh, Hard to Imagine, right? That was yeah, the, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and I love the song. You <laughs> know, that this is one of the ones I think, yeah, I, I was like, oh, I got to get on this before before someone else does. All right. Well, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you uh, I'm glad I gave you the chance because this was uh, this is good talking to you about this song. The Better Band Podcast is produced by Brandon Palomo and published using a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 license. Please visit creativecommons.org or email listenupreno at gmail.com for more details. All music played is owned by the respective publishers and copyright holders and is reproduced for review purposes only under fair use. You can subscribe to the Better Band Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or from betterbandpod.com using your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Better Band Pod. I'm on Twitter at Brandon P. B-R-A-N-D-E-N-P. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to either ko-fi.com slash Brandon P or patreon.com slash Brandon P. You can also just give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, but don't forget to tell your friends. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, send an email to betterbandpod at gmail.com or send any insights and stories you'd like to share and I'll read them on the season finale episode. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, John, and as always, this is Brandon saying, I'm starving. Mom, can we go Catholic so we can get communion wafers and booze? <laughs> <laughs>